This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, Kirk, I blew it. I blew it. I buried the lead. I completely buried the lead. That what? Slee was surfaced last night. Oh, wow. Slee was sent us an email, like to Emily Funches, myself. Okay. Um, I didn't look carefully. I don't know if anybody else was He on missed it. you guys. It, it was, was just us. Yeah, it the was crew. us. Like, and, and, and Funch said something to me this morning that was so good yeah. because he goes, did, did you read the email from Slee? I said, yeah, I was... That was, didn't sound like Al, did he? We said the exact same one. It was the most positive, up, like bubbly Alan Sleeve. Like, hey guys, like the Lakers won three championships in a row. Yeah, having a great time over here. Hope you guys are doing good. Can't wait to see you on Monday. Hope everything's good. See you then, guy. I'm like, did, what is this? Is this like a cry for help? Did he get abducted? And we're supposed to. Did Lady Slee write the email or something? <laughs> something. Yeah. He was I like vacation Slee. It's nice. Vacation Slee. He, 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 he sent some unbelievable pictures. He's on the other side of the world, literally. Yes. He, he's he's uh, I think he's in Jordan right yeah, now. Jordan, yeah, Jordan, yeah. Um, and he sent some of the most amazing pictures I've ever seen. Just oh, wow. an extraordinary. I can't wait to he hear. He was at one of the wonders of the world. Like yeah. it was amazing. It, it really was. picture of a camel. It, really, really extraordinary pictures. But he was like in this great mood that maybe yeah. Slee just needed to take a step back from the Lakers and the Dodgers yeah. and kind of recharge a little bit. He's having his uh, Phil Jackson Zen moment. That's <laughs> exactly. what it is. It's gonna be it's gonna be Laker related. You know, talking to Phil and. <laughs> it always uh, is. Laker fans, you know. Always right. is. Eric Steven uh, writes on Twitter. Uh, it's, this is to all of us. It says, Kirk, who are we kidding? That python would apologize to Travis for also <laughs> denying Trav some spices for a potential meal. <laughs> who's, who's brave enough to disturb Travis's hunger? First of all, Eric, you're blocked. <laughs> Second of all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look, I, I look. Oh, if he's yeah. if I need like, let's say I need red pepper flakes. Yeah, right? goes in a lot of things. Yeah. Adds a little heat. Adds a little flavor. I got you. And if if old anaconda in there is blocking my way, I may try to punch my way through it. Yeah, that's me with paprika, man. Yeah, hey man, don't don't mess up my pap. <laughs> <laughs> pap goes on eggs. It goes on steak. I mean, it's on everything. It's on it's everything, good. man. A I like color, a little smoke, a little smokiness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's good. <laughs> also, we were talking during the break. Anaconda, because yeah. we were talking about the the snake that showed up at the grocery store. Yeah, Anaconda has to be. And we're talking about the the movie the Anaconda movie, yeah. with Ice Cube, Jennifer Lopez. Um, Who else was in there? I think it was like some under. There, there was one or two other actors that we know by name. Yes. those are the two that I remember. But that has to be one of the greatest bad movies of all time like it's the the special effects john voight john voight that's what it was yes john voight's in it (laughs) ice cube j-lo and you're you're thinking to yourself this movie is so bad but every time it's on you watch the whole thing it's it's incredibly watchable for such a bad movie (laughs) oh still i will watch that movie to this day if it comes on you're watching it it was perfect for the era yes like the era that it was in like because the cinematography has changed right (laughs) trust me special effects are a lot different in 2021 than it was when was this movie even when did it come I, out I'm gonna guess, 97 yeah. 97 yes totally 24 years old but the wow. ana, the anaconda the it was just 
I just think of how creepy John Voight was and how he like got on the boat and it was just it was, I don't want to give the movie away, but if you have not it's seen Anaconda, old, you're yeah. okay. But I want people to see it. No spoilers on a 24 year old. Well, think about it. If kids born in 2000, they haven't seen Anaconda. <laughs> they have to see what we've come from. Hand right? in the air. I have not seen Anaconda. <laughs> there it is. It's, see? As, it's as old as me, so I'm, I'm saying I haven't seen it. We need good. you to go check it out. It's I'm good. telling you. And plus, it got Ice Cube in it. So no, think about it. You well, got Ice Cube, gangster rap over here fighting a darn snake. It's got 25 year old. J-Lo, too. Yeah, that is just, just throwing that out. If, if that may be something that interests you, yeah. maybe you'd like, like to go see Anaconda. Yeah. This is when just, she was fresh off the Selena my, my movie. Hand, you know what I'm saying? Like it was like prime J-Lo. My hand is way up in the air on on J-Lo in that situation. So yeah, I, I, by the way, I'm open for your suggestions at Kirk Morrison, yes. at Travis Rogers. You can also call us 877-710-3776. Your favorite terrible movie because <laughs> Anaconda has to be uh, a couple of those choices along the way. All right, let's talk about uh, Clayton Kershaw. Travis Lee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. He he was talking yesterday, and he, he was saying that he hopes to be ready to go by the time that they get into late September and, and early October. And by that means be, be himself. Correct. Right, that he had yeah. a, a fastball-only bullpen session. He played catch yesterday, felt pretty good. Day off for him today. He's going to throw a more complete bullpen tomorrow. If, if you're getting closer to the beginning of the playoffs and Clayton Kershaw is not at his best, let, let, let's start right here. Do you have to have him? Because I think you do. I think you have to have a healthy, effective Clayton Kershaw, and here's why. It's not because you can't win with only the starting pitching that you have without him. Mm-hmm. If you have Walker Bueller and Max Scherzer and Julio Urias going into any series, those three guys are going to pitch, you're in a really good spot. Okay, that that's three really nasty arms that you're going to throw at people. But here's the rub. If you have Clayton Kershaw, now you got four, right? The mm-hmm. three guys that I mentioned, and you got four guys total. Correct. What it allows you to do is exactly what you did in the playoffs last year, exactly what you did in the World Series last year, that if my starting three, and in a seven-game series, you really kind of only need three starting pitchers. Right. If I can throw Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, and an, a healthy, effective Clayton Kershaw at you, what it does is it lets me have Julio Urias ready to go for the back end if I have to have it. Mm. If you are if you go out and win game one, two, three, sure, give Julio Urias the start and go from there. But what it does, it allows you to, if you get into a situation like we had last year where all of a sudden, hey, uh, Kenley, Kenley doesn't have it, and he was great last night. and He's looked really good of late, and he deserves the credit. Picked up his 1,000th strikeout for the Dodgers. The only Him and uh, Rivera, Hoffman are the only three mm. guys to strike out more than 1,000 guys in one uniform. So congratulations to him. But if he does struggle, and I think that he's going to, you have Julio Urias ready to go into that role that he was in last year and slam the door at the end. He's done it. He was good at it. And it is an unbelievable insurance policy, but you can only do it if Clayton Kershaw is healthy. If he's not healthy and ready to go, Julio has to pitch one of those first three games. Yeah, are you talking long relief or are we talking to get I'm outs? talking the hammer at the end of the game. Okay, so you're talking I, about outs at I'm the end. I'm talking that last three. Like, like, What was it? He pitched three innings at the end of game six last year to, yeah. to, to lock it down. If you need him to get three outs, he'll get you three. If you right. need him to get six, he'll get you six. The Kenley Jansen isn't going to get you six. He no. might not get you three. Blake Trinan's not going to get you six. He might get that. He gives you so many options, Kirk, that don't mm. exist if Clayton Kershaw is not healthy. Uh, I see what you're saying. Tough innings, right? We're talking about. The, uh, I remember who was it? I was talking to uh, one of my old baseball coaches uh, I used to work with. He always, always just give me, you know, tell me about baseball. Give, give me more stuff that I don't know as a player growing up. 
but as you as a major league manager. And I remember he would always say, Kirk, always remember, this. I don't care what happens one through six, innings one through six. Mm-hmm. Baseball is similar to football. The final four minutes or the two minutes can make or break a football game. He said the final nine outs in a baseball game are the hardest nine outs. He said the first 18, (laughs) it's easy. He said the final nine are difficult because now teams are going to take more chances. They're going to grind you on every pitch. You realize what's going on. If you're down by one, hey, we need base runners. Hey, if we're tied up or this – it's a little bit different. Or if we're up, we're, we'll, we'll play the game differently. You, you'll pitch differently. And so, to to your point, you're going to need somebody in that 7-8. And Julio Urias did that last year. I was also thinking this, too, because I know yesterday I saw MLB brought up, pull, pulled out the schedule yeah. for the playoffs. Yeah. And I'm looking at the wild card rounds. And just say the Dodgers are in the wild card. October 6th. That's the first wild card. Wednesday, October 6th. Mm-hmm. Then the NLDS is not until, I'm looking here again, Friday, October 8th. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about time for Clayton Kershaw. Even if he's not ready for the division series, okay, is he ready for the NLCS? So you have almost close to almost a month and a half, two months. Month and change, yeah. That you can get him ready, that you don't have – think about it. You don't have to rush him for the the opening series if the Dodgers make it. I would rather have a healthy Clayton Kershaw for an NLCS and a possible World Series berth than to try to rush him back and try to make him be ready for a division series. I I hear you, and I generally agree, but I think there's a couple of variables here that make Mm -hmm. that a little bit different. Number one, Dodgers need to win the division. Uh, so yeah. you're, you're, he helps you win the division. Instead of having a day where you're throwing eight bullpen guys, yeah. you have a day where Clayton Kershaw eats five of those innings, that's a big advantage. And mm-hmm. it takes the pressure off Trannon and Vezia and, and Bickford and Jansen and all these guys that have done such a good job so far this season. It takes some of the pressure. Because those innings, every day you, you have go. to do it, it adds up. Last night was a tough night on the bullpen. They pitched great, but it adds up. That's part of it. The other thing is he needs to get stretched out. Ah, right. They, they, Similar it, to what Urias did the other day. Yeah. Like, just like four or five, five innings, innings, just get him out there. Yeah. They, if you only need him to go three or four, then maybe you can just drop him into the playoffs at that point. But if right. you need him to, to go beyond that, you're going to have to start stretching him out a little bit along the way. You mentioned the wild card. Let's skip that. <laughs> Let, let's. I mean, it's, still, it's, it's in a reality. You it, only are you for, are who you are right now. For sure, for They're, sure. The Dodgers are a wild card team. No right now. question about so it. So you have to keep that on the on, on it, it, right in front of you. You got to keep that on the schedule. That's Kirk. I swear to you, that's all I was thinking about for the first eight innings last night of that game. <laughs> the, the, all I'm thinking about for the first eight innings of that game last night. Were, you got to be kidding me. And this, in one this, swing of a bat, this is the worst case scenario right here, mm. where the Dodgers are losing one to nothing. Yeah. Not because Walker Bueller did, he didn't give up any earned runs. You had an error that led to a run. Correct. You know, was it? It was early in the game. It wasn't catastrophic. Second it was, inning. Yeah. Just it's it just you know an error. It, they happen. An error leads to one run, but the dude on the other team is dealing. Is mm. <laughs> dealing, and you know if 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 Will Smith pops that ball up, yeah. If he swings through it, if if Will Myers goes back and robs another home run like he did earlier in the game against Corey Seager. Yeah. All it takes is one game where stuff doesn't go your way and you're out. But I think also, too, remember, Blake Snell was brought into the Padres to be the Dodger hater, Mm -hmm. to be the Dodger equalizer. And is that in the back of Tingler's mind, though, the manager for the the Padres? He saw what happened last year with Tampa Bay and and realized, you know what? I'm not going to allow 
Blake Snell to go through that last year. He's going to finish. And then, obviously, you saw what happened when he tried to finish. Like, yeah. It, it, it's the middle of August. Well, l- l- end of August. Let's say the end of August. And yet, Travis, you're pushing a guy to pitch mo- more pitches than he's ever yeah. done or go as far as he's ever done, and this is what happened. So, to me, I thought that that's an advantage Dodgers because now we know – as good as Blake Snell was last night, mm-hmm. guess what, brother? You do have an expiration in a game. And that's that eighth inning last night. And right now, Dodgers have that advantage. I I, I hear you, and you're right. It was the <laughs> longest outing of Blake Snell's career. And here's and, and Jace Tingler, I, I can't phrase it the way that I, I want to phrase it, yeah, but he screwed up big time last night. Yeah. I did not have a problem with it. But Blake Snell had given up two hits all night. He was he was just mowing. I'm 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 going down with my best guy out there. Not 120. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm uh. going down with my best guy out there because until you get, he gave up one run. Yeah. It he gave up one big hit. He, I, I I was okay with that part of it. And even mm. as a Dodger fan, I'm looking at that thinking that's fine. The Padre bullpen, other than Melanson, has been a disaster. But now it's pretty well last it, night. It's in the back of his mind now. Think it about is it. Now it's in the back it of his now. mind. So you get to a wild card if possible, if it happens, Travis, because you got to talk about yeah, it. I'm true. not being you got to talk about it. But now you get to the eighth inning and Blake Snell's pitching against the Dodgers. <laughs> I'm over here but, licking my chops. Blake like, yeah. Snell's probably thinking, how do I beat these guys? They yeah. take me out, I lose. They leave me in, <laughs> I lose. I, lose. <laughs> I, I got nowhere to go. I like this. All right, so we're getting some good responses to our Anna. Conda topic. Ah. Great bad movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, here we go. Street Fighter with Van Damme. That's from Gil. He says, actually, <laughs> any movie with Van Damme. That's yes. a good answer. Yes. James writes, every Nicolas Cage movie. I like that. That's a pretty good Besides answer. Besides National away. Treasure, National Treasure is a national treasure. Eh, eh. Big Trouble <laughs> in Little China from Jason <laughs> Levine. Not bad. And we got some uh, examples on the phone, too. Let's go to Compton. Let's go to Eric. Eric, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What What is your favorite bad movie? Hey, Kirk. Hey, Travis. My favorite bad movie is Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Caan. <laughs> that is terrible. You're right. That is a good it's one. It's so bad. But it's just like you said, Travis. It's so bad. It's good. My wife always asks me, why are you watching it? And I'm like, it's... I just have to because I'm a fan, but it, it's it's so bad. I love it. Oh, I got another one. How about this one, Travis? You remember uh, Face Off? Oh, great. Yeah, Nicholas Cage, yeah. Nick Cage and Travolta, right? Was that? Yeah, yeah were they, they switch faces? <laughs> they switch faces. They, they, yeah, they take they, their the face off. that you're going <laughs> to unscrew my face. <laughs> And bolted on to <laughs> John Travolta's <laughs> face, and no one's gonna know. That. It's like they, I, I, I dare you to watch that movie and tell me the plot. I, I don't even know I, the plot. I dare you to tell me. I the just plot know that, that I watched movie. it. I just remembered that I did watch it. Eraser was a very thank you for that, Eric. That's a good one. Uh, let's try Trenton. Let's go to Trenton. You're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up, Trenton? Hey, how's it going? My favorite uh, bad movie is actually Troll Two. It's so bad that it. they made a documentary about it called The Best Worst Movie Ever Made. <laughs> Troll 2. Give, give me the plot. I don't know the plot. Are there any actors I would know? I don't know this movie. Oh, absolutely no actors you know probably. But it's basically <laughs> these goblins take over a town, capturing people and turning them into vegetables that they'll just eat later. It is <laughs> like, Wait, horrible. like vegetables like lettuce and they, cucumbers like or like oh, other see. vegetables? No, no, no. It's, like, it's all alien stuff, but it is. The worst over-the-top acting ever. What about I got I got some more. So I, hopefully I'm not outdating Emily by too much here. So Emily, you got to make sure you're listening up, writing these down. 
What about tremors? Remember tremors? Oh, the, or the worms <laughs> in the ground? That's a great one. Was, Kevin Bacon was in tremors, <laughs> yeah, I think, was. wasn't he? But you guys don't know there's like a tremors eight and a tremors nine. Like, oh, there's like, there's like a whole thing. I thought we yeah. killed all the worms. I thought like, we were tremors, good. man. Like these little earthquakes and it's funny, like, happening. You know, like the dad from Family Ties is in it, too? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but he's in every tremors movie, too. <laughs> like every nine movies. There I was that it. movie, to, uh, uh, Jane Fonda. Not Jane Fonda. What was Bridget Fonda? Bridget, uh-huh. Lake Placid. Lake Placid, yeah. Remember that? Alligators yeah. The alligators in there? People it was like big, big giant, giant alligators. Alligator. Oh, man, I got movies, dude. Like I, I keep thinking of all these movies because I'm not going to say that I was a latchkey kid. Yeah, no, I really was a latchkey kid. <laughs> so I would have to watch that. I used to watch the stories and soaps with my, with my grandma. That's uh-huh. I mean, trust me, I was I'm named after Kirk Douglas, by the way. So just <laughs> oh, put, yeah, true? so just to let everybody know that. But um, can you recite Spartacus? No, I can't recite Spartacus. <laughs> but you know, my grandmother loves Kirk, Kirk Douglas. My mom's like, oh, okay, so Kirk. Yeah. Like and it. my dad was a Star Trek fan, so obviously Captain Kirk. But there you go. I can also throw this movie at you, and it's, this was so, and it's it still kind of it, it messes with my mind because you talked about this the other day, Travis. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Right? Uh-huh. Remember we talked about that. You, Who doesn't like take, that? But sometimes if I get strawberry jelly, I'm always reminded of The Blob. Remember that (laughs) movie? Yeah, that was terrible. (laughs) That was another terrible movie, but you sat there and watched The Blob, man. I watched it. (laughs) So good. Phones are blowing up. I want to get more of these because these are all fantastic. We're going to get to more of your phone calls. That is coming up next. We got Factor Cap straight away as well. That's all right here. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. People love bad movies, Kirk. They do. They do. They, I, I know that. You know, look, if you can come up with a, a classic, good for you. But if you can come up with a good, bad movie, yes. people are here for that. Because I'm getting dozens of, of tweets <laughs> about love this. It. I love it. We are loaded up on the phones. We are absolutely... Uh, some of these are, I think, good movies. Some of these are other movies that I absolutely loathe. Like, we'll, 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 we'll get into a, a bunch of these. Let's start with Mike in Los Angeles. This all goes back to, to what we were talking about, just to fill you in. Funch gave us a story about a lady in Australia who was shopping for spices in the grocery store, and there was a giant python in the spice rack, and she <laughs> stuffed it in a bag because she's crazy. This is the short answer. And then we got on the Anaconda with J-Lo and John Voight and Ice Cube and great bad (laughs) movies. And now the next thing you know, we're talking to Mike in L.A. about RoboCop movies. Why why is that on your list, Mike? I have no idea. It's just the acting is so bad, but yet I I have to watch it every time it comes on. I can't resist. Kind of like Predator, also. <laughs> well, but, so, God, uh, see, Predator's different. <laughs> Kirk that, got mad, that, yeah, Mike. Hey, you my, just hey, stepped on a great mind. actors in Predator. Yeah, there's some great actors in that, man. Like Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers Jesse in there. the Body Ventura. 
Arnold. Arnold is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you've been Jesse Ventura was great in that yeah. movie, by the way. By the way, have you ever seen Carl Weathers in anything and not thought, oh, that's Apollo Creed? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's a piece of That was Apollo the first Creed. time. Yeah, but that was the first time you didn't think <laughs> about Gilmore. Him. I still, even when he was Chubbs, I'm still <laughs> thinking, why is Apollo Creed teaching Happy Gilmore how to play well, golf? He's, to me, he's always a uh, former great San Diego State linebacker, by the way, Carl Weathers. I, I knew he was a football player. Yeah. I didn't know he was a San Diego State guy. Yeah, he's okay. a linebacker from San Diego State. Trust me, we I've had conversations with him about this. So that's how I have my, uh, you know, my Carl Weathers uh, connection. <laughs> I, I like that. And, and by the way, the first RoboCop was kind of good in a bad because it was just over the top violent. Right. You know, but who can forget when RoboCop drove his car through the guy that fell in the pla the uh, toxic waste? <laughs> yes. and he was liquefied <laughs> on impact. Like, like if you watch it now, it's like really, really bad special effects. It it's is terrible. Like Terminator. It, right. This, this is what makes well, is Terminator the same thing, or is it different? Terminator when he cuts his face off, you're like that looks <laughs> like you're carving up like a. Uh, Halloween pumpkin that okay. doesn't look real, but the rest of it, like the the, the metal endoskeleton, that's that pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that looks right. pretty good. All right, let's try another one here. Let's go to Camarillo and Sean. Sean, you're on with uh, Travis and Kirk. What's up, Sean? Hey, what's up, Kirk and Travis? Uh, one a movie that's my favorite. That I think is really bad is uh, The Princess Bride. <sighs> okay, okay. So oh. this is this is interesting, Sean. And and I understand that Kirk, what I'm about to say is a minority opinion. And maybe maybe Sean, maybe you agree with me on this because. I, I I think it's a bad movie, but I don't think it's a good bad movie. I just mm. think it's a bad movie. I know it's popular. I know it's kind of a cult classic. I yeah. know, you know, you've insulted my father. You must die. Indigo Montoya. <laughs> Andre the Giant, man. Inconceivable yeah. and Andre the Giant and yeah. a young Robin Wright. I, I, I get all of it. It's not funny. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not. You okay. can't convince me. Have you seen it? Uh, I think I've seen it like once, yeah. but it wasn't something that I, I'm, I'm repeatedly watching over and over again. Yeah, I, I, I just cannot get with that. Because there, there's classic movies, there's bad movies, but then there's good bad movies <laughs> that you tend to watch every time they're on. Yeah, yeah, and this absolutely. is one that if I saw it once, I'm like, oh, I'm okay. Uh, you know, it's, it's not like for me, like Saturday, I'm trying to leave and you turn on TBS and Gladiator's on and you're like... Okay, honey, I'm gonna I'm I'm watching this for a little bit. <laughs> what makes a good bad movie? Yeah, I, I get help. Well, let me let me rephrase this. Yeah, what a good bad movie can't be is points where you're just bored out of your mind. Yeah, that's right. True. And, and and that's the Princess Bride. That mm. most of it is just like, what what am I waiting to happen right here? <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers, Kirk. Um, Chris Dudley is an assistant coach Jared, in Jared, Dallas. Jared, Excuse yeah, me. Jared, yeah. I, I always do that. Jared yeah, Dudley. because Shaq dunked yeah. on him so, so bad. <laughs> yeah, so he burned, he yes. burned a tattoo in my brain with that dunk. <laughs> Jared Dudley is uh, on Jason Kidd's staff in Dallas now. Correct. There was a piece in the LA Times this morning, Bill Pulaski, what up, Bill, yeah. um, talking about how Jared Dudley wanted to stay. He wanted to stay as a player. He was willing to take a non-guaranteed deal. He was willing to, to, to earn his way onto the team. And – Kyle Kuzma said that he was his favorite teammate of all time. LeBron, we saw his tweet like, wait, what? He's gone? Anthony Davis loves him. Russell Westbrook loves him. This feels like one of those things. That, look, Jared Dudley wasn't going to score 10 points a game for them. He probably wasn't going to play most nights. You know, he probably would play in fewer games than he didn't. But this feels like this could be a thing. This, that, that Those little glue guys that you think, eh, you could you know, take it or leave it. They're important, Kirk. They're, trust me, and th this one hits home a little bit. I'm friends with Jared Dudley, been out plenty of times with him, and he's a San Diego guy. Watching Would you lose him my play. number? I don't get a call when you guys are going out to do that. <laughs> I've known this dude since high school, man. Horizon okay. High School in San Diego, by the way, all boys school that he played basketball at. And so when I first got to San Diego State, had met him, and then he goes off to Boston College, and 
you know, they had a nice little run over there. So when he got to the NBA, we had we had friends in similar circles, and we've kind of followed each other's career. And so when I see him from time to time, we always talk about it. But then it was crazy to think that watching Jared Dudley's career toward the end, like the last couple years, I realized that I was Jared Dudley. Mm. Like I was Jared Dudley my final year and a half in the NFL. Years seven and eight for me when I was with the Buffalo Bills, I became Jared Dudley. I became the OG on the team, right? Mm. I became that veteran presence that understood what his role was. And I didn't accept it at first, you know, the first year that I was in Buffalo because I'm like, no, dude, I'm a starter. You know, yeah. I, I've started over a hundred games in this in this league, brother. I need to be playing. They're like, no, we got some younger guys. We need you. And I always remember uh, the head coach at the time, Chan Gailey, mm-hmm. brought me up to his office and sat me down and he said, "Look, Kirk, you're going to be on our team. So this is like during training camp. Like you're going to be on our team, but we got some young guys." who were just like you when you were young, and they need some fine-tuning. You're going to be here to help those guys out. You're an extension of the coaching staff. I've had numerous coaching opportunities, by the way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've had coaches who would say, look, you would be great. And I'm like, I don't want to be a coach. (laughs) It's just too much. But I understood what my role was. And my role is to be an extension of the coach, to go out there and be able to practice, tell the guys, hey, why this will work, why this won't work. But it was more so off the court, off the field. I was massaging the egos of guys and not understanding if they're playing this or playing bad, keeping them away from what the media was talking about. Like I had to be not only a a, a psychologist, (laughs) I had to be a coach. I also had to be a player, yeah. and I practiced my butt off every single – that was the only way I was going to stay in shape, by the way, because sure. you got you to practice. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to just be that coach, but I, I understand the role that Jarrett Dudley played with the Lakers, and there's a reason why all of his teammates loved him. Without exception. He was the guy also, too, when they get on the road, he's setting up the dinners. He's yep. setting up the chemistry. Like, people don't understand. It's not – these guys, when they leave that facility, when they leave El Segundo – Everybody goes their own separate ways. Yeah, Jared Dudley's his job was to keep everybody close. We're a family. We're a unit. I set up dinner over here. We're going to Craig's tonight. We're going to this steakhouse. We're going. You know, we going. We're doing this as a team. And people don't realize the chemistry part of that is what leads to great seasons, championships. The teams that I was part of when everybody went like that, like you mentioned, just spread out. They're usually not very good. You don't trust them as much yeah. on the field. You don't trust them enough on the court. Because guys want to do their own thing. And this year, of all the years, is a year that Jared Dudley will probably be needed most. With Melo, with Russell Westbrook, obviously Anthony Davis, LeBron James. You add in the Kendrick Nuns. You add in the Trevor Reasons. These are some old heads. They got families. How do you get those guys back to understand we all need to be here as one? Everybody got something going on. How do we bring it all together as one? ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. I love what you said. And and I think that there's a word that everybody was talking about when they were quoted about Jared Dudley in this is honesty. Yeah. He's honest, and he can he can tell LeBron James the truth. Yeah. He can tell Anthony Davis the Absolutely. truth. Absolutely. And you said it a second ago. You're getting into a season where, look, and I understand that I'm on a side of the Russell Westbrook deal that's not particularly popular. I don't think it's a great deal. Right. I, I, I don't I, I don't like the fit. Okay. Even if you're one of these people that do like the deal, 
I think you'd have to be really intellectually dishonest to say that there's at least not the possibility that there's going to be some friction with Russell Westbrook on this team just by the style of his play. Right. Ru- Russell Westbrook will listen to Jared Dudley. Absolutely. LeBron James will listen. Anthony Davis will yep. listen. And you can come in there. They're far more likely to listen to his message than perhaps a coach. Yeah. That, that, that he's they're a not going to listen to Vogel in they're, certain they're, situations. They're not. Yeah. It's going to be one of I, I know more than them. I, 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 I there, there's, there's that dynamic. Now, you said another name that I think is really interesting, too. Not that he's obviously a more accomplished player than Dudley. He's obviously a guy that's going to, you're, you're looking to get a little bit more from basketball wise than mm-hmm. Dudley. Could Carmelo be that guy? Could Carmelo be the guy that, look, been around the league forever, yeah. accomplished everything there is to accomplish in this league other than winning a championship? Yeah. Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Fame player, but he also, I think, I, I'm not worried about Carmelo understanding his role on this team. I, I think he has a really good understanding of what they're going to ask him to do. Right. Could he be the Jared Dudley in the sense that, I'm going to be the one that drives what you're talking about, the the off-the-court stuff. I'm going to be the one to make sure that LeBron and AD and Russ are all on the same page when they're not on the same page. Could he be that guy? Yeah, I think so. And the only reason why is because I had a chance to uh, listen to a couple of interviews of late, you know, because Dame Lillard's been in the news of recent, right, talking about, you know, I think he was went on an IG Live the other day, and people were saying, hey, what's going on in PDX? You gonna, I mean, you going to be there? What's going on, Portland? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm here um, as of now, or something to that extent. And to hear Dame Lillard talk glowingly about Carmelo Anthony and how he came in, accepted his role, but I think he was also the mediator between Dame Lillard and the organization, trying to calm him down. Hey, look, man. This is who we got. We're going to have to work with this. Yeah, because he could have hit the detonator oh, yeah. and blown the whole thing up. He could, If he wanted to, say, look, man, I'm out of here. He could burn the place to the ground if he wanted to. And I think Melo, it was so – just mellow talk glowingly. He was on the um, all, and the, he's so all the smoke. That's what he was respected yeah. too. That pe- the other yeah. players respect Carmelo Anthony a great deal. And I think everybody, just speaking of just listening to Dame Lillard talk about it, and it was an interview they did like two years ago in the bubble. That's what it was. I saw that interview again. They replayed it. it was post game, and Dame Lillard said Carmelo Anthony, he's a Hall of Famer. He may he may not have the rings. But if you look at his resume, oh, hell. Carmelo Anthony's a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. So you got a Hall of Famer coming off the bench. Yeah. Willingly. Willingly, yeah, because he wants to. Yeah. And obviously the Lakers are going to open their arms up for him. But, again, it does come back to a Jared Dudley is a guy who was not playing mi- – see, Carmelo Anthony actually has to focus because he will have yeah, a role play. in the season. He, he's going to have to make some shots. He's going to have to play. Jared Dudley wasn't playing. No. He, he will be in street clothes at times. He's an extension of the coach, but he's watching the game and seeing things. Hey, Brian, right now, look, man, they, they, they're, they're locking down the weak side, brother. Just letting you know. So you cannot go to that move tonight. They are locking down the weak side. That's a guy who's engaged in what's happening and sees everything where everybody else is going to focus on a particular part of their role. All right, we got a bunch of phone calls here on bad movies that you all like. Plus, I want to take the calls on the Lakers, too. Do you think that Jared Dudley going to become a coach and not being a part of the Lakers is going to affect them in their upcoming season? We'll do that. We still have factor cap to get to. And what in the world are we going to do with a problem of Cody Bellinger? That's all straight ahead. Travis Ansley, 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let me just put this out there real quick, Kirk, before we get back to our, our yeah. favorite bad movies, help which, me, by the me. way, I, I love how excited everybody is for this. It's, uh, it's good. Can you imagine if Dave Roberts had done to the Dodgers what Jace Tingler did to the Padres last Ooh. night? <laughs> It'd have been like, what, like after every Dodgers loss. Fire him! Get him out of here! <laughs> well, <laughs> they fire, they, how many times has Dave Roberts been fired this year, by, the way? <laughs> by Dodger fans? <laughs> D- D- Dave Roberts, I think, does a really good job. Generally speaking, I think he's a really good manager. He does some stuff with his bullpen that you kind of scratch your head at every once in a while. But th- that's that's baseball stuff, right? That yeah. you know, take him out, leave him in. That that that's the decisions that a manager has to make. And if I'm being perfectly honest, Dave Roberts has a better feel for that than anybody else on the planet, right? They're his guys. He knows. What you can't screw up is what Jace Tingler screwed up last night. He blew what is the equivalent of one plus one equals two in in baseball manager. You have to double switch for that guy at that point. That because he didn't, when he put in a pinch runner, instead of flip-flopping the spots in the order, double switch. Look, if you're a baseball fan, I don't even need to explain what a double switch is. We all know it's a way to skip the pitcher in the batting order for eight more spots before he comes up again. And then you switch it again, you move him, so the pitcher never hits. He didn't do that. And because it was such a long game, all of a sudden that pitcher spot comes up twice twice with the game on the line, and you got to send a pitcher up there to get a hit in a must-win game if you're the Padres – and it's nowhere. Th- that wasn't a decision that backfired. That was a simple execution of baseball fundamentals that he just w- – if Dave Roberts had done that, people would be storming the gates with pitchforks and torches mm. saying, no way, get him out of here. That was baseball malpractice by Jace Tingler last yeah, night. Yeah, and, and these are, again, these are things that come up, especially in the playoffs. Like, when you get there, you cannot have these kind of melt. That's that's a melt. That's a, that's a bonehead mistake. That can cost you. So, yes, the Padres, if they don't make the playoffs, they, they, remember, I said at the end of the season, we'll remember this game for two different reasons. One, because the Dodgers won a 16-inning mm-hmm. game where they didn't play particularly well because of the pitching from Blake Snell, but they found a way to win two different times, right? <laughs> After yep. going up, yep. giving up the game, I mean, the, the t- game-tying home run, and then finding a way to come back and win basically again. Two yet, different you, times. Yes, yet when you look at the Padres, yeah. they'll come back to this game and say, we did everything right, and we still lost. Two times in a row, the Dodgers were able to intentionally walk Manny Machado and Jake Cronenworth, who were good hitters, oh, yeah. to get to the pitcher spot because <laughs> you tanked it. Yep, it's 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 inexcusable. It's just absolutely unbelievable. Travis and Slee brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Back to our movie stories. Let's go to Palm Springs and David. David, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up? 
Hey, good morning, everybody. I don't want to disappoint you because this is actually a real anaconda story. Can I tell you it real quick? Please. It's crazy. Okay. My friend takes me over to his friend's place, and the guy has one of these anacondas that is in one of these big wooden boxes with a viewing glass. It must be 18 feet long. It's as thick as a bowling ball. He would throw, literally, he would throw like once a month, he would throw a live chicken in there. So here's the kicker. I, I guess what happened, it got like maybe week three and it didn't want to wait to eat once a month. It pushed its way up, you know, and got the top off and it, it went missing. And then the next what? day, then the neighbor's poodle went missing. And then what? the day after, they find the snake on the lawn with a big lump in the middle of it digesting the neighbor's poodle. Look, the anaconda is not Sliwa. It can't eat chicken every day. It's, it, had, it had to mix up its diet a little bit. I mean, that's, I that's simultaneously, yeah. I, I, David, a, a, a horrifying story and yet kind of amusing at the same and time. And on National Dog Day. <laughs> I know. It's it's terrible. It was like he wanted a poodle strudel or something. I don't know. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, David? Did yeah. you just call yeah. just to say poodle strudel? I kind of feel like you did. <laughs> no, no, I actually thought of that while I was on hold. I just called for the snake story because I heard about the spice thing and then you were in the movies and I thought, well, maybe they want to hear the real crazy anaconda story. But hey, can I ask you guys something? Yeah. <laughs> A little off the path. You know, I watched the Dodger marathon yeah. and <laughs> I, I understand that Mookie is coming back today and as good as um, Pollock is is playing, someone has to go to the bench, and I think it's going to be Bellinger. I mean, yeah. what do you guys think? He's no, David, been... yeah, you, you're right on. I appreciate that story. That's, like I said, <laughs> very scary and pretty funny. And I guess it's funny if you didn't own the poodle next door, but that that's, uh, like like Emily said, on National Dog Day, no less. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think – we were talking about this with uh, DeMarco yesterday, Kirk. Yeah. Pretty easy, right? Cody Bellinger was two for seven last night. Okay, Cody Bellinger's batting 172. Yeah, he got a hit last night, though. He had two hits. Yeah, two hits, yeah. Was... But he's batting 172. Right. Th- this is not a bad week. He's this below is the not Mendoza a bad, line. This is not a bad <laughs> month. This is yeah. a bad season, followed by a bad season. Okay? A.J. Pollock is one of your more dangerous hitters right now. Mookie's going to play every day. Yeah. Chris Taylor's going to play every day. Yeah. If A.J. Pollock comes out of the lineup and you platoon him with Cody Bellinger, I, I don't know if you're Dave Roberts, how you look at the other guys in that locker room and say, I'm doing the best thing for the team. AJ Pollock's a better player than Cody Bellinger right now, and it's it, it, it's it. I don't even have to emphasize it because it's it's re- there's really no debate. He's a he's not as good of a defensive player, right? But he's a better player than Cody Bellinger right now, and you have to leave that guy in the lineup. You have to leave Chris Taylor in the lineup. Well, what I'm seeing right now too from Cody Bellinger is that he doesn't have another pitch, and I'm talking about from a hitter perspective, he doesn't have another pitch. It's either a home run or he's striking out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he doesn't know how to just make and he's contact. Not many right. Home runs right. either. It, it's it's he doesn't have to swing so hard every. Se- it uh, it's. I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. That's the reason why I got out of baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. My, my junior year of, of high school, everybody knew either Kirk was gonna hit a home run or he's gonna strike out. <laughs> that was just what it was. And then obviously for me, and I you wasn't were playing a football player. Yeah, I was a pretty good football player <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, but you know they threw me out in the right field. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I get it. You're gonna get your hacks. Yeah, I'm gonna get my hacks in, and I was a liability in in the infield. So I was out in right field. But I realized that not everything has to be a home run. But for me, that's all you know. You can't change up who a person is. How can you yeah. change up who Cody is? That's 
And he's also won an MVP doing it, Travis. Not that that's long the, ago. That's, that's the what's hard so part. crazy. So, and he's got time to change, but the way that he swings the bat, this is just who he's going to be. Okay, I, I, I'm not going to name drop right here because I haven't gotten permission from him to to uh -oh. say this, but okay. I was talking with a friend of mine who's a former Major League player. Okay. We were talking last night about Cody Bellinger, and he said to me something that I've thought of for a long time. It's the first time he knows a lot more about this than I do. Right. He says, the way he's swinging the bat, I'm not sure he ever comes out of this. He's lost. He's Ooh. just inside out right now. He's missing the ball. It's, it's coming from a former Major Leaguer, so I'm going to take that with, with some real gravity. It, it, it it's so bad you know greg bergman and i producer mason and i on show assistant pd here on espn uh, 710 he and i text occasionally yeah not not, not at the greg and i don't tra trade texts every night okay right. just just to set this but up. you're texting people who you know are awake or are watching and i know right. i know three dodger fans that no matter what <laughs> whatever time of the game is you throw a text at them yeah. they're responding yeah. quick right quick so cody bell after smith hits the home run Cody Bellinger comes up and has one of the worst at-bats that I've seen in a long time. The sec I, I pick up my phone, and I start texting Greg to tell him how terrible that was. As I hit send, my phone goes bing, and it's Greg sending me a text at how bad Cody Bellinger's at-bat was. That's how bad of an – it was one of these, I have to tell somebody right now how terrible of an at-bat that was. He's lost, Kirk. Yeah. He's lost. Now, now That's what I said, though. He, mentally, I don't know if he's there. He's he's swinging hard, which means every once in a while he's going to run into one and hit a home run. That doesn't mean that he's fixed it because he had he had that week where he had a couple of doubles, he had a couple of home runs. You're thinking, okay, maybe, maybe, and then ice cold again. Yeah. He if that guy's in the lineup on a regular basis heading into the playoffs through the end of this, and and Pollock continues to play well, we talked about Jace Tingler managerial malpractice. If Cody Bellinger is a regular part of this lineup once Mookie Betts comes back, that's that's on the list too. They got to figure it out, Travis. They got to figure it out. Um, I, I got something here too. I don't want to change the subject, but there's an outrage right now. Ooh, Kirk is outraged. Well, That's there's a good there's an outrage right now because Sony Michelle picked the number. Ooh, Sony Michelle, new running back for the Rams. He's at practice today. Okay, and he's got a number. All right, I want to know what the number is, and I want to know what the outrage is because you're a pretty mild mannered guy. I haven't seen outrage in, in a while. We'll do <laughs> that. Outraged. Next. It's Travis and Slee, seven ten ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Today is one of those days, Kirk, where I feel like we should have multiple more hours. We still have a lot of bad movies to get to. Yeah. We still have more Dodger baseball to talk about. There's a lot more meat left on the bone. There is. There <laughs> absolutely is. Travis in Slee is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. So give me the outrage. There's outrage at Rams practice right now because okay. the Rams traded for Sonny Michelle, running back from the New England Patriots. Very quick before you get to the sure. outrage. Do you like the deal? No, I don't like it. Really? No, no I don't like it. Um, there's something about Georgia running backs right now for me. Mm. You know, there were the former 
Yeah, Todd, back. Todd Gurley was pretty good before he wasn't. Yeah, but the expiration date came way too quick. Yeah, yeah, fair okay, enough. and you a guy who's along those same lines. Sony Michelle had a great rookie year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, beat the Rams. Remember mm-hmm. for a Super Bowl sure. when he was with the, the Patriots. But then subsequently, actually before that season started, he had some injury history, and then last couple years a little bit injury prone, and then also too. The Patriots kind of platoon running backs. He yeah. wasn't really the third guy. It was a mix between James White and Rex Burkhead, Bolden. Like, think mm-hmm. about all the backs that. No, they used a lot of they guys. Used a lot of guys. He, he was never truly like the bell cow or had. I, I mean, his role was kind of planned out, but I want to know what's that going to look like for the Rams. And the only thing I'm saying is, Travis, this weekend is week three of the preseason, the final preseason game. People know who are going to make the team this mm-hmm. weekend. And so the Rams can kind of scour and look around and could have probably got a better trade value in okay. this. Maybe it's somebody to, who to they me, targeted. Kirk, as I look at him, he's he's a better running back right now mm-hmm. than Xavier Jones. He's a better running back right now than Jake Funk. They're, they're just guys that you – those guys are rookies. Is and he better kind of, or is he more experienced? I, I think he's 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 better because he's more experienced. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, that, that he's, I see that. He's played in Super Bowls. He's played in right. national championships. He's played in some big football games. He's not going to have the big eyes at the big moment. Right. I'm just all about how, what is he in pass pro. You know, yesterday I talked to former offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Right, mm-hmm. he's a guy who I know. I text him like Todd, like, what is he going to have to do? Yeah. in order to get the pass pro down for the younger backs, he was like, "Well, that's why you bring in a Sony Michelle. Hopefully, that he can be in and understand, you know, pass protection and can help out Matthew Stafford. Because if you miss, and look, we were talking about that. Have you did you see the hit on Justin Fields, the quarterback oh, for Chicago? Goodness, yeah. Well, it's because he missed a, he right. missed a protection. Right. You miss a protection, man, quarterback can get killed. You don't want to see Matthew Stafford go down. Mm-hmm. So that is of, of importance. But to kind of come back to your question, because I, I don't necessarily like the deal, I understand it. That's yeah. what I want to say. Not necessarily I like it, but I understand it. But the outrage, the outrage of what's at Rams practice from mm-hmm. media members is that Sony Michelle will wear number 14. <laughs> Was he going to play quarterback? <laughs> I'm just saying, number 14 <laughs> in the backfield. Like, for, uh, and run some routes. And remember, this is part of the NFL's new jersey rule now that want. you can wear, like, you know, um, eligible players who catch passes, they can mm-hmm. wear any number between, Z, uh, I think it's one, yeah. one through. Four, well, one through 44, uh-huh. or, or what we, one and through then 49, above 80. and then above 80. Yeah. So he's going to be number 14. Just like, remember how you said, like, we're watching number 17 is Kioski, is the wide yeah, receiver. Yeah, still Robert Woods. And it still looks mind. Robert Woods, but we know <laughs> right. Robert Woods will wear a number two. But a lot of outrage right now as Sony Michelle will wear number 14 and not be a quarterback. It's such a sports fan thing. And I, and I, I complete when you it's told outrage. me that, I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> yes. That's a quarterback's number. One of the things I love the NFL for a million reasons. Right. But one of the things I really liked about it is that past about 1980 or so. Right. All the numbers made sense. You could just look at a guy's jersey yeah. number, and I got a pretty good idea of where he's playing on the field. Correct. If he's wearing some in the 50s, he's a linebacker. Yes. If he's wearing some in the 80s, he's a wide receiver or a tight end. If he's wearing some in the 60s or 70s, he's an offensive or defensive <laughs> lineman. It, it was easy. Like, you knew what they were. I'm, I'm biased because I do college football. So, I've seen everything. I've seen a defensive end wearing number one. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like, like that. I just, Wasn't Clowney like number three or something yeah, like that? Uh, Clowney was number, it was a weird number, number nine. I mean, it was a, yeah, it was, yes, it was he digits. was number nine. So, look, I, 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 I see it all the time in college <laughs> football. I'm okay with it. But also, too, i got to make sure I, I do preface this, though, um, that – 
he's number 14 now, and we know that the cut-down date is coming oh, up. Oh, maybe so somebody's got There may number. be some more available numbers yeah. into what maybe he wore over with the Patriots. We'll see in the coming weeks. Very good point. All right, let's get a couple of more bad movie phone calls in here very quickly. Let's go to Chino Hills and Chris. Chris, you're on with Travis and Cook. What's up, Chris? Hey, guys, what's going on? Hey, I take umbrage with that guy that said uh, he's got a problem with RoboCop, by the way. First RoboCop <laughs> movie is an absolute classic. Don't get me wrong. The sequels are, the sequels are garbage, but, <laughs> but the first one is, is fantastic. That said, uh, I'm calling in to tell you guys. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Cutthroat Island. Have you guys ever seen that with Gina Davis and Matthew Modine? No, no Gina Davis has my eyes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so you, you have my full up. attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm Go re- on. I'm uh, ready. What's so, up? What you got? So basically, I mean, it's just a, it's like a big like actiony like pirate movie before there were the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, but it's just it's just way just overacted, and it's just like just the dialogue is just it's just crap. But I mean, it's still got the really. I mean, I still like it because like the action bits are really good, but it's just like yeah, it's, and I know it's a movie that was just generally panned. It's just really it's not it's not great. I like it. Look, you got you had me at Gina Davis. I'll, right. I'll, I'm going to go. If it's on Netflix or Prime or something, I'm going to find it. Thank you for the the call, Chris. Let's try one more here. Um, hmm. Let's do Chris in L.A. Chris, you are on with Travis and Kirk. What's up, Chris? Hey, fellas. You know, I'm going to do you one better than just one movie. I'm going to give you a whole genre. And that's the uh, black exploitation films of uh, the '70s. Oh man! Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you know this one, Travis, but Blackula, which is uh, <laughs> the premise and the, the fish overacting, that's in are, Pittsburgh, just, right? are just incredible. Yes. Well, no, that's uh, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar. Sorta. Yeah. But, but Blackula is an African prince who goes to Transylvania and becomes a uh, a vampire. You know. So the overacting, the crazy premises. I love watching them. My wife sits there like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just so intrigued. I can't pull myself away because <laughs> now you look at them like, how could they have watched this? But anyway, it's, it's, it's cool to watch uh, all these old crazy movies that we know we really wouldn't watch now. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, there. The, some of these, like, you go back and watch an old movie from, like, the 70s, or and I don't want to go back to the 40s and 50s, A, because I don't know any of those movies, but B, those, those were, like, I, I'm pretty sure I could make those in my backyard in 45 minutes if I wanted to do it. But, like, you go and watch, I'm trying to think of a good old movie, like The French Connection, right? A good old cop movie, solve the crime, catch the bad guy, good right. movie. Then you watch these movies where... An African prince goes to Transylvania and becomes a, 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 a Dracula or a vampire. That just, just doesn't seem like something you could sell to anybody, but there it is. Yeah, I mean, look, Sharknado made history in, but, in recent... Okay, so I don't know uh, Blackula. Was right. it bad on purpose the way that Sharknado... Sharknado's bad on purpose. Right. Was Blackula like that? No, but I think what he was alluding to was like those 70s films were a little bit different in, in terms of... Like, it was just more shock value, I guess. And it was, uh, I guess, with the times. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch it and yes. figure it out all over. You know what? I lied. I'm going to slide one more in there. Sure. L.A. again. And Steve, Steve, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up? Hey, guys. Uh, you kidding me? Steven Seagal out for justice <laughs> with William Forsythe. <laughs> the bar scene. He goes in and says, who killed who? Any reason why somebody killed Johnny Luco? Johnny Luco, man. And he takes on 18 guys in the bar, shoves, shoves one guy in a phone booth, takes on two guys with the pool stick. He's classic. And the other one is uh, above the law. Oh, yeah. Tiscani. Oh, Nico Tiscani. Are you kidding me? Those are, I watch him every time. Yes. And as far as Bellinger, you trade him for Byron Buxton. 
A tiger never Wait, changes. Did the twins go stupid all of a sudden? Did they? <laughs> I, 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 look, Steve, I, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. If the twins say yes, sure. Take them. <laughs> Let's roll. But that that's kind of, hey, I'll trade you my um, 1983 Honda Accord for your new Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite we'll the that. same thing. Uh, I forgot. Do we slide in over the top as well? Oh, good. I do noticed we? you put your hat on backwards. I did put my hat on. <laughs> I, I, I swiveled it to the back. When I, I have that over the top in my mind when I, I think about when I put my hat to the back, I think about Sylvester Stallone yeah. and that 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 death grip that you had to awesome. go do some uh, some arm wrestling. Somebody threw Roadhouse in there too. That's yeah. another great movie where guys <laughs> just go in and wreck the entire place. You know what we're gonna do right now, Kirk? Sure, we're gonna do the dump. Oh, man. It is Travis and Sliwa on 710 ESPN. The Max Kellerman Show is coming up in minutes. It is the final segment of Travis Slee. And you know what we do for the final segment? It's got an unfortunate name, but a great purpose. It's all the stuff we didn't get to. We call it The Dump. All right, Kirk, let me start with this. Do, are, are the Morrisons a dog family? Do you guys have a dog? Uh, no, we just got a fish about, <laughs> uh, let's see, about... A, Two months ago. Okay. Yeah, a little beta fish named Bluey. Okay, so you got Bluey. Yeah, Bluey. But no dogs. No, Bluey. See, I, look, real quick, I know we got the dove here. Because Bluey is something that, hey, they wanted a pet. And I said, we're not getting a dog because you guys aren't going to pick up after this dog. You guys aren't going to walk this dog. It all falls on dad. I'm not doing it. So we're going to go get this beta fish, and you guys are going to learn how to you know, take care of the fish. Three weeks go by, and nobody's cleaned the fish tank. Guess who's got to clean the fish tank? Kirk Dad Morrison. has to. So now i got to clean Bluey's fish tank, uh-huh. and y'all want a dog? Man, please. Okay. All right. The reason Sorry, I had I to ask, no, Thank you. I had to get right. on my soapbox. It's box. National okay. Dog Day, and Oof. we're probably the wrong people to have. This is where we need Slee with Rookie because <laughs> he's a dog owner. Kirk, I, I, I would – Say that as far as raising my children, I've done I've done more good than bad. Hey we man, all you're putting mistakes. them through college, man. We're, you're we're, doing we're, good. We're brother. making progress. You're putting them through but college, man. If you ask Job all well three done. of my kids what yeah. my greatest failure as a parent is, it would be the fact that I've refused to buy them a dog. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm they, gonna be they, right I, with you, though. I am just, and for all the reasons that you said, and the well, you had a dog. <laughs> I, said, I did have a dog, and I love that dog. What's up, Murphy? R.I.P. Yeah. But the reason that dog was great for me. My mom walked it. My mom cleaned up after it. My dad paid all the bills <laughs> to make sure that Murphy was fed, that Murphy went to the vet, that all these things. And all I did was occasionally when I felt like playing with the dog, I'd play with pet the dog. dog. <laughs> I'd pet the dog. I'd have the dog sit next to me while I'd watch TV and pet the dog. It was wonderful. I didn't have to do anything. Correct. And I don't want to have to clean up after the dog. Exactly. I don't want to have to take the dog to the vet. I don't want to do any of these things. No. So sorry, Rogers children, Morrison children. You're going to have to stick with the blueies of the world. Yeah, bluey the beta fish. <laughs> and maybe we may add another fish, but we ain't adding no dog. At least we'll avoid being eaten by an anaconda. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Make sure that we're... that's the problem, though. Even if you're doing your thing, that anaconda can get wherever it wants yeah. to go. It can come in the house. It could get in the backyard. It's, well, like, uh... Sidebar story. You know I watch the news every night. Mm-hmm. I saw a dog get trapped underneath the ground, and they had to... Cut. I mean, they had to like literally break open a street to get this dog that was that slid through a manhole. That happens like stuck, every week. And it was. I'm like, first of all, we're paying taxpayer money because some dog decide to go down a drain and get stuck <laughs> underneath the pavement. So now the street has to be redone, and all cars are blocked. I'm like, come on. I'm not saying I'm against dogs, no, I can't, but, you're, but look, come on, man. Keep going. Like, come I'm on now. Look, there's get your dog, people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, amen. Keep singing. I, I am your guy. Congratulations to the Angels last night for finding oh. a way to lose to t- a team that had lost 19 games in a row. And well it was done. Otani's fault. Was, 
yeah, <laughs> think about and, it. We can we can blame Otani. We can blame yeah. Otani for this because yesterday he got touched up. He got hit around a little bit, <laughs> but when he left the game, he did have the lead. That's true. That, that when they took yeah. him out, he did have the lead. This is the Angel season in a nutshell. Mike yeah. Trout has, was having an, another MVP season, gets hurt, missed most of the year. Yeah. Otani's doing Babe Ruth-ish, and yeah. nobody really seems to be all that impressed by it. And they lost to a team that had won 19 or lost 19 games in a row. I just knew I should have threw a couple beans on that thing, man. I just there was something that was in my mind to say 19 in a row lost. Otani's pitching. It was just too perfect of the situation that everybody would have been going angels. And I threw, I could have won a couple beans where me and you could have went to lunch today. There's not I, who's the worst team in the NBA. The Sacramento Kings are seemingly at least they're in the yeah. top five every year. Right. Kings don't lose 19 in a row. No. You're not supposed to lose 19 in a row when you're getting a check. That's bad. That's not how that is supposed to go. We are. We didn't even get to it today, Kirk. There's so many things we're gonna. We'll talk about the Dodgers tomorrow. But yes. I have trash can questions. Put that. Don't don't forget your oh, trash yeah. can etiquette that we're going to need to get to. Kirk will be back tomorrow. We'll get started at 8.55. If you missed today's show, well, that's your problem because it was a great show today, but you can catch it on the podcast. Go to the ESPN LA Twitter page and they will direct you right to it. Kirk and I back tomorrow, 8.55. All things Dodgers, get you ready for that final Rams preseason game. We'll see you at 8.55. Travis and Sleep.